Welcome to the Hyphen Young Adult Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to equip and empower young adults to be the church outside the four walls. Here to guide the conversation along, I am your host, Jennifer Malik, and joining me is Evan Zenobia. It's time to take the call. Welcome, everybody, to our first episode on the Hyphen Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about calling. Now, this is a word that we throw around a lot in our movement, this word calling. And I think both Evan and I can say it's something that we've heard a lot. And even in speaking to young adults, you know, what is a calling? What is my calling? I'm searching for my calling. And so we want to dive more into this and look at scripture to see what a calling is. How do you know you're called? And furthermore, how do you prepare for the calling that God has placed upon your life? So to start off this conversation today, I'm going to kick it over to Evan to just um, share with us what you what you believe when you hear that word calling. What comes to your mind? Yeah, and I think I think I was confused about calling even through um, my time at when I attended Gateway College that then became Urshan College. Um, and I realized like even after graduation, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. like I checked this off the list, like Bible school is done. Yeah. OK, now what? Um, and I didn't even have clear direction, direction on where I was going after Bible college mm-hmm. until I think like three weeks prior to graduation. Mm-hmm. And it threw me for a loop because in my mind up to that point, like in my early twenties, the only thing that I ever knew to be like calling was, okay, like how involved am I with choir chorale or mm-hmm. singing specials mm-hmm. or, um, what events have I preached lately? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and what position am I going to get? I think mm-hmm. that was a big thing. Like for a lot of these Bible school, kids, we go like, what position do I get afterwards? Mm -hmm. Like, what is going to be the role that defines me? Mm -hmm. Um, and so for, for calling, when you ask, if you were to ask me, you know, a decade ago, which Mm -hmm. goodness gracious, the fact that that was a decade (laughs) ago, um, if you're asking me back then, I would have said, okay, like my calling is whatever position that I'm getting like Mm -hmm. hired into or asked to be a part of as an internship or that's my calling. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what helped to transform me was actually my time in Washington, D.C. under um, Pastor Staten mm. as I began to teach two and three Bible studies a week, mm-hmm. as I began to frequent um, coffee shops or restaurants and build connections yeah. with people that were um, in those places of business. And suddenly I knew their name. They knew my name. Mm-hmm. We, we knew each other's stories a little bit. And you began to build relationships. And they helped me, that church, this multicultural church there, mm-hmm. helped me to kind of transform what I saw as uh, sing, preach, youth pastor mm-hmm. into calling is this broad, like anything that you're involved in that's bringing people closer to Jesus, yes. that's calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be defined. And I think when we when we go to define it, I think that's where we get I think that's where we hurt ourselves spiritually yep. is when we go, I have to put myself in a box because mm-hmm. if I'm not this, then how am I going to get hired on at a full-time part-time position? Or mm-hmm. I think we filter it through the wrong lens so yeah. much. Um, 
And so working with people and being able to just interact and build relationships and see them grow and come to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and be have their lives changed yeah. helped me to see that like it wasn't about calling isn't about my role or my position. Yes. It's about positioning myself in a way that brings people closer to him mm-hmm. instead, regardless of what happens to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I think, you know, a lot of times when I've heard people talk about calling as they said, well, I knew I was called at this age or this moment. I had this moment in the altar. I had this moment and I knew then that I was called by God. And yes, that does happen. However, more often than not, it's just you're living your life for Jesus. Yeah. And you're continually called to different things to do for the kingdom of God. And it's just saying yes to Jesus. Right. That's what I realized with calling. You just keep saying yes to Jesus and God's going to open the doors and place you in the positions, in the places, in the cities that you need to be in, in order to respond to whatever it is that he's calling you to today. And, you know, we look at this in scripture. Think of the disciples. They're there. I, I just think of that story of Peter and Andrew. They're getting the fish and Jesus calls them in that moment and they respond and they say yes. And throughout Jesus's ministry, he would call people and it was up to them whether they would say yes or no, to simply just obey him to what it is that they're calling, being stepping into today, right? Yeah, what absolutely. God is calling you into. Yeah. Did you have that, one of those moments? And and I was thinking about this and I don't really think so. I just know that throughout my life, you know, I've been, I was during high school in and out of church, kind of, you know, my parents had divorced. So at that time I was living kind of two different, two different lives. And, but I remember when I was 17 and I felt so strongly that I have to serve the Lord. And I remember committing and giving my all to Jesus in that, in that Mm. moment, just saying, Lord, yes, yes, yes. And through that, by just saying yes, God revealed my giftings. God revealed those things that he had always been there. And yeah. I think that's what's so key. It's always been there. And a big area of my ministry is teaching, training people to teach. Um, and But that came through just continually saying yes. And being like you said, you know, when you were in Washington, D.C., being in a multicultural environment. And that is, I'm in, you know, been in Los Angeles for the last 11 right. years, it's which is as very, multicultural as, you can get. as yeah. multicultural <laughs> as you can get. If you've ever been to LA, you're sitting at a restaurant and there are 10 different languages going on around you. And yeah. I love that, but it teaches you so much because you get outside of your bubble, outside of who you are and just realize, oh my goodness, there's so much more out here. Yeah. And how can I connect with the person who's sitting right next to me? And how, what is it? What giftings do I have that can liken me to someone who's sitting next to me? And by just that opens your eyes to so many different things, to a world of people who, even if they are not currently serving the Lord, are more like you than you realize. And that's truly what I think God is doing, you know, in and through us is revealing, okay, the things I've placed inside of you, when you give them back to me, Because you can give them to the world or you can give them to Jesus. But when you give them to Jesus, God begins to use those for his kingdom so that you can then connect to those who maybe have similar passions, but are using it in a different way. Right. And then connecting with one another and bringing them and introducing them to Jesus, saying, here is someone who changed my life for the better. Yeah. You know, And, and so that's what I would say for me. Calling has just been a continual of drawing closer to Jesus and just obeying, just saying, yes, God, yes. 
And through that, it's God being a place burdens inside of me, you know, and, and that's what it is. You serve Jesus, God will give you burdens for certain areas yeah. and then call you to places. Well, I like, I like what you're saying about how it's a continuous process, because yeah. I think, I think as we break into this season and beyond, um, the people that we're going to talk to in an interview are probably going to say something similar mm-hmm. in that, yes, there may be a specific time in which they received a calling, yeah. but that was just the first of many stepping stones to where they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I, I look at the story of Abraham and if you read the story you know, in a single sitting of about his life, right? You read through his life, you go, man, God talked to him a lot. Yeah. And then you go back and you realize, oh, wait, no, he really only talked to him a handful of times over the course of like a hundred years. And understanding that Abraham had a lot of specifics that God was leading him through, Mm -hmm. but he had to like fill in the gap on his own when God wasn't speaking to him directly in an audible voice or, or showing him, you know, his, the, the angel of the Lord, you know what I mean? Like, so I think we have to understand that calling, yes, may begin with a certain, um, experience. It may be something supernatural. And I Mm -hmm. think it really depends on the person too. Exactly. If you're somebody that requires like a very literal, like light from the sky or, um, I remember Paul moment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, I have a friend, uh, who was talking about when he knew that he was, uh, called and he was in the shower Hmm. and heard an audible voice Wow! and had to like pull the curtain aside, look out there, like (laughs) who's talking to me. And I think did it twice or three times before he made the connection that like God was trying to speak to him. And so Mm. he's like, okay, I need to like dry off and start praying. Mm. Right. And so for us, I think we have to look and go, okay, yes, I may have had this experience, but that one experience, that one calling isn't going to be the thing that keeps me going for the rest of my life. We have got to be in like in the same way that the Israelites were moving through this land, this wilderness until they hit the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were uh, transient people and God was taking them through individual things and calling them for specific purposes, specific yeah. times. And if we can kind of like catch that, I think we're going to have a much healthier and a much more grounded spiritual lifestyle knowing yes, that, yeah. yeah, this calling is great, but it's not going to be the calling that, that keeps me. It's not going to be the only thing I'm going to be mm-hmm. doing for the next 25 years. Mm-hmm. There's every other day, every other hour that I'm not fill, fulfilling that one call right. that God's given me in that specific exactly. moment. Exactly. Yeah. And just kind of piggybacking off of that is, you know, you and I are hyphen leaders yep. and, but that necessarily isn't just our calling. Our calling isn't just to be a hyphen leader. If that was the case, when we're 60 years old, yeah, it's what insane. is my calling then? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm a pitiful hyphen. I'm like, yeah, 60 year old leading it. Like, yeah. Right, enough. Right. So <laughs> it's, and, and so we think of that and I remember being younger, I thought, okay, I'm called to youth ministry and that's, that's what it, cause I was mm-hmm. involved in youth ministry. Yeah. Well then, you know, I kept, and I was like, but am I always going to be called to youth ministry? It's not just a calling to one thing. It's just in this season. Okay, what am I called to do? Where am I called to serve? Where am I called to go? And so right now, you and I, we're involved in young adult ministry. We know right now we're called to do that. 
We've been called to do this podcast. Yeah. We've been called to just say, yes, Lord, I will do that. I will do that for your kingdom. And it doesn't have to look like what the person to the left or right of you is doing. And I've learned that by living in Los Angeles, yes. because our demographic that we're reaching is going to be very different than, say, a church in the Midwest or a church on the East Coast. And that's why you can't always look at what the people to the left and right are doing. But you have to continually pursue Jesus. And through that and the people that you're going to meet, like God is going to allow you to walk into that calling and gifting that he has placed upon you. Yeah. And I think that's what's so important to grasp because then it gives way for God to do whatever he wants to do. You know, our understanding is so limited because we look at, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's going to happen when I say, okay, yes, I'm going to serve in youth ministry. And so it's going to look this way. God has something unique for you because the people that he's going to place in your path are going to need what you have. They're going to need your story. They're going to need your testimony. And so hold on to that, you know, and don't look around what other people are doing. And I think especially youth, young adults can get locked in that is they get discouraged because they're looking at what other people around them are doing. They're like, well, I don't, I'm not living like that or doing that. Yes. Or, and it's like, it's not about that. It's about serving the Lord and, and giving all that we have to him to step into whatever he has, because there are people that you're going to be able to impact that I can't impact. It's about impacting your world. You are called to your world. Yes. We aren't called to change the world. We're called to make a difference and an impact in our world. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, we will change the world. Yes you know, serve in your local church, commit to serving there, serving in your local neighborhood and your job and those places that God has called you and placed you in for a reason. A calling isn't something that's going to happen 10 years from now. Right. A calling is an everyday thing that then God may end up opening up doors that are bigger than you could ever dream. And it's going to look different in every locale that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. Like the needs of the church are met so differently um, from between the East coast and the West coast yeah. and everything in between, like the types of ministries that are necessary, um, at our church in St. Louis, mm -hmm. the kinds of, the kinds of ways that we reach out to people. Like we looked at saying, okay, how do we make, we're in DC. We, we operated on home groups and there were like 20 plus home groups running mm -hmm. every week on different days of the week, mm -hmm. different Bible studies happening at all times. And then we look at St. Louis and we go, okay, how do we make home groups work in a city that's much more sprawling where people can come to church um, right, yeah. on, on a biweekly basis? Mm -hmm. Like how, how do we make it, how, what kind of ministries do we need to put in place? How, what role do I play in those mm -hmm. ministries? How does, how do we reach a different demographic that doesn't even exist in other places? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think we should be calling collectors in some ways. Mm -hmm. Like we, we get so focused, like you said, on youth ministry. I think mm -hmm. so many people are like, yeah, I'm going to be a youth pastor mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to be a youth worker of right. some sort. They get, that's like the, the first stop on yeah. the ministry train. Mm -hmm. Like it really is. And the ladder, like we view it that way, right? Yeah. And yeah. we, and we expect like, okay, that's going to take us to, I mean, pastoring mm -hmm. my own church after two years as a youth pastor kind mm -hmm. of deal. When in reality, we we should be saying like, okay, why are we in youth ministry? Who are mm -hmm. we impacting? Mm -hmm. And through the, I guess, not completion, through the through that process of youth ministry, 
as we begin to develop and grow as ministers in that role, what other giftings and talents is God lending to me? Yes. What am I growing in as mm-hmm. I as I pastor these these handful of youth? Like, how mm-hmm. is God changing who I am as a as a Christian, as a believer, as an evangelist, as mm-hmm. a someone with a powerful testimony? Like, I think we need to be looking and saying, okay, yes, this is my initial calling, but now He's called. He's He's gifted me. He gave me the one talent. Yeah. And now he's gifted me with with another talent. Mm. And it's time to use that in a different role. And sometimes that means putting the previous calling to, to rest. Yeah, so true. Sometimes it means moving on from what we were just coming from. Yeah. And that I think for people that, again, people that are looking at the single calling mm-hmm. and, and holding on that thing so tightly, they get burned out. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they've been existing in this one place where God has been like, I've been trying to tell you to go, to move yeah. on, to go to the next thing, because I prepared something so incredible, and yet you're stuck on the first thing that I gave you. Mm, you're stuck in being so who I called you to be first when, when I'm calling you to be all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think outside of even, again, this is all about ministry looks differently than how maybe it's been defined for the last mm-hmm. hundred years. Like what yeah. does ministry, and I, I guess maybe that's something that you could talk about, like mm-hmm. outside of your role as mm-hmm. a hyphen young adult leader, mm-hmm. uh, outside of your role as a Bible study teacher, yeah. like what other avenues of ministry are mm-hmm. you involved in that you would say, some people may not consider this ministry, but this is my ministry. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And I think for me personally, and I think we mentioned it on our intro podcast mm-hmm. a little bit, but uh, for those who maybe didn't hear that, Evan and I are also part of a podcast. It's a literary podcast, and we use that podcast to talk about fiction and talk about writing and the importance of stories in our lives and the way that it can really make a difference and impact people for the kingdom of God. And so uh, I personally am an author, and I write Books. It's something I've been doing for quite a few years now, uh-huh. and it's something all my life I've been doing since I was a little girl. I used to write books, and back in the day, which I know some churches still do this, have Sunday morning and Sunday night church service, but <laughs> in Sunday night service, all the kids didn't have Sunday school, and they would be in the pews with their parents, and I would sit there, and I have this memory of just sitting there and writing books. Like I would just write and write, and I remember one of the ladies wow. going up to one of my parents afterwards and said, your daughter was just writing away during the entire thing. Like, I don't know if they thought I was taking sermon notes or what I was doing, but I was just sitting there writing books because I just had this desire to write since I was little. And actually, my mom was telling me the story that one of my kindergarten teachers, when I was five years old, said, your daughter has a gift for writing. Watch out for it. Like, invest in it, basically. That's amazing. Yeah. And she was telling me this, like, a few years ago. And I was like, what? That's crazy because... Oh, so you're just now finding oh, out Oh, I'm just this. finding this out. <laughs> I didn't know about this. Like, I, I wasn't like, oh, because my kindergarten teacher said this, now I'm going to write all my life and right, step into right. this. I was finding this out after I've already published a few books. And I just thought, how amazing is that? God gives us certain giftings when we're young. Like, I mean, I was five years old and already I was just had a gift for it because it's not something, I mean, by five, I don't know how much learning education I had had (laughs) to be able to really learn proper writing, but it was something that God had placed inside of me. And I remember having just a pivotal point in my life and saying, God, you've given me the gift of writing. It's like that one talent you were talking about. God, you've given me this talent. I don't want to bury it. 
but I want to use it for your kingdom. I want to give it back to you. And for me in my own life, C.S. Lewis is someone who has inspired and impacted my life a lot. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure we have listeners who can say the same. And I remember just reading a lot of his books and saying, look, he used the gift of writing you know, inspired by God to really make a kingdom impact. Yeah. Years later, we're still reading his works. And for me, through that, it inspired me to write and write fiction books that have spiritual implications that can not only make a difference in people who are already Christians, but specifically also those who are atheists. And I write fiction books with that idea in mind of how can this show God's love to someone who will never step into a church building. And that became my mission with my writing. And through that, I've actually been able to have conversations with atheists and agnostics who have read my book. And just hearing them say, I I remember I had this conversation with one lady and she just said, I, and she is atheist agnostic. And she said, you know what? I read your book and I loved it. And she said, I just want to tell you, I loved how you didn't shove God's love down the reader's throat, but just in, introduced us to God in a new, in a new way, basically. Right. And she said, now it doesn't mean I'm going to start going to church. (laughs) I said, that's okay. (laughs) You know, like I just, you know, just let the conversation be where it was. And, but to me, it, God was showing me, he said, this is why you Mm -hmm. cannot bury the gifts I've given you because you don't know what will happen when you give them back to God. And you say, God, I'm just going to give this to you. And I know I've been called to write and it's more than just writing. I, I mean, I write blog posts, ministry. I do things for the church as well, but it's saying, God, where, where can this go? Where can I plug it in? And okay, you've given me a story. I'm going to write it to impact people that may never step into our church buildings who can be introduced to the gospel, who can be introduced to Jesus in a whole new way. Now people may look at that and say, okay, why do you invest so much time into your writing? Why do you spend so much time outside of church work, ministry. And I'm like, because this is part of my ministry, I've been called to do this. Now, if there's a time where I feel, okay, this has taken me away from other things that God has called me to, then I will set it aside. And I do, I take times where I take breaks Mm. from writing because God's calling me to something else in this season. And that's why I said today, what am I called to today? And I think that is what is so important is continually asking ourselves that question. And it's going to look differently each day. But continually saying, okay, God, you've given me these giftings, and I'm going to give them back to you and see how this can make a difference for the kingdom of God. And there's no telling. Like, we can take, let's take the limits off God. Seriously. <laughs> you know, let's, yeah. take, let's take the limits off God and, and see what he wants to do with the giftings that he's given us. And there's a reason he's placed those inside of you. And um, Evan and I, before we recorded this podcast, I had shared a podcast episode with him uh, through the Hacka podcast, which absolutely love listening to. So if you are not yet listening to them, it's a great another podcast and resource for young adults. Um, but Greg Hackthorne posts that based in Australia. It's, it's phenomenal. And I was listening to this episode with Simeon Costa, and there's a quote from it that I want to share that really taps into this. And he was saying, God is trying to say the vision he's putting in people's hearts doesn't have to be the traditional route. The more the kingdom can do without delay, the faster we can create platforms for the gospel to be preached. And when he was talking about this, he was um, specifically referring to certain giftings and entrepreneurship and ways that maybe God can use people in different areas. And he was talking about writing, fashion, you know, whatever these passions that God has given you to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Once again, 
all being surrendered and placed in God's hands. And that got me excited Mm -hmm. because there's so much just, I think, untapped potential out there of people who are sitting on pews and saying, where's my place? What can I do for the kingdom of God? And God has given you specific giftings. God has given you specific passions for a reason. There's a reason when you get up in the morning and you're excited about something, God has placed that inside of you. And he wants you to give it back to him so you can know what to do with it for his kingdom. I don't know if you wanted to add more, any more to that. Well, I just, I, I, what I love about that is, is finding platforms for the gospel to be preached is that we're, we're told that the church and that as believers, we should be looking for opportunities to cast the seed mm-hmm. of faith and relationship and, and just anywhere that we can throw seed into someone's life. Yeah. We don't, we're getting to a point where I believe we're rocketing towards the coming of Jesus Christ. I think that we are in the last days and that we should be focused upon evangelism Mm -hmm. and reaching people. There are going to be people that we plant a seed in their life and we are not around to Mm -hmm. see that seed grow and flourish and and for them to become those apostolic Christian, like everything that they were meant to be. We're not going to get to see it. Mm-hmm. We're not called to water it. We're mm-hmm. not called necessarily in, in every scenario to to be the one to trim it and help them to grow. We're just being told to cast a seed in every mm-hmm. area that we can. And so, you know, we're you use those giftings to put yourself in places that you never would have thought yeah. you were going to be. Um, I remember a bunch of times where like, again, I'm like, I've, I'm obsessed with coffee. And so I will go... <laughs> I will go on trips and I will go to like six or seven coffee shops over the course of a day. Mm-hmm. And it gives me a chance to talk because I, I have a little bit of knowledge about that. And mm-hmm. so I talk with the baristas, mm-hmm. I talk with, and you begin to share your life story with those people because they're just happy to have someone that's interested yeah. in what they're doing. And mm-hmm. so I even remember ending up in an Ethiopian coffee shop in Washington, DC, where I was the only like white person in there. Um, only American person and it wasn't mm-hmm. an immigrant. And I'm sitting with all of these, uh, I, I think there were a couple of Turkish guys, there were some Ethiopian gentlemen, and they were like, would you like to do our coffee ceremony with us? Where That's so cool. they like did this preparation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, how much does it cost? And I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, you don't understand. Like this is a thing that we do every day. Mm-hmm. It's a chance for us to have community. And mm-hmm. then understanding that some of these people are, like Ethiopian Christians or mm. um, uh, some Muslims, and they're all taking part in this like ceremony together mm. and building relationship. And I'm like, I never in my life would have imagined that I would be in that kind of scenario yeah. or situation. But what was I able to accomplish in that? What mm. kind of was my mention of Jesus Christ or the church that I attended enough that mm. down the road, five years later, 10 years later, they interact with somebody and God mm-hmm. calls to remembrance mm-hmm. that experience that they had. And yeah. it was enough that they suddenly their heart is open to that mm-hmm. experience. Like the fact that we're able to just be in different areas and throw seed upon, yes. upon ground that is fertile, yep. that no one else has had a chance to reach mm-hmm. yet is what calling is all about and mm-hmm. what ministry is all about. Like the older I get, the more I realize that if I never preach another sermon mm-hmm. from a pulpit, mm-hmm. if I never sing another special from yeah. from the platform, like it doesn't mean anything about what my ministry is yes. and, and who I am as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like 
God still sees me and has called mm-hmm. me and I am chosen by him and special yep. according to everything that he's given me. Like all of that boils down to just being willing to just put yourself in scenarios that maybe you're uncomfortable with being yeah. in and seeing what God's going to do with what he's given yes. you. Um, it's kind of like a little bit of a wild card thing, right? Mm-hmm. You get in that situation, you go, all right, God, I don't know how I'm going to act in this. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. But when we have the Holy Ghost, yes. when we've been baptized, yep. there are just supernatural things that happen in those mm-hmm. interactions, in those conversations. He truly does call to remembrance scripture mm-hmm. and and Bible stories and testimony experiences where you can go, like, I wasn't thinking about this before, but the minute you said that, it triggered yeah. something in my mind and you're able to share the gospel and share love and share acceptance with somebody and mm-hmm. it changes their outlook mm-hmm. and maybe it changes their life long after you've, you've gone, yeah. you know? Yeah. And also because we're, we're not God, we're not omniscient, we are not all knowing, so we don't know where that person is on their journey. Right. And I remember someone saying, that you might be the one who plants the seed. You might be the one who waters the seed. You might be the one who is tending the plant once it started growing. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people that we don't even know that we've impacted for the kingdom of God, who we just threw some seed out there. We just offered some love, a hand. We were allowing the fruits of the spirit to be operating in our lives. That's what living out calling is, is allowing those fruits of the spirit to operate. And be there when God says, you know what, this person I've placed in your path for a reason. And that's why I keep coming back to this today and praying those prayers. God, who do you want me to serve today? Who do you want me to speak to today? Lord, open my eyes to see as you do so that I can step into that calling that you have upon my life, that I'm not doing busy work for the kingdom of God, but that this day I am serving you because we're only guaranteed today. And so if I'm only guaranteed today, That means today is the only day that I have to step into what that calling is. Now, still, yes, we look for the big picture. I'm I'm a big vision person. I'm constantly thinking about the future. And so, okay, what also can I do today that can better prepare me for tomorrow as well? But also just taking those opportunities to keep just throwing seed. And one scripture that uh, was brought to my mind, and as Evan and I were talking about some of our notes, we both had this scripture, and it speaks so strongly of calling. And it's a verse probably many have heard before, and it's 1 Peter 2, 9, and it states, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What I love about this scripture is it's talking about the church. And if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, you were adopted into the church. Therefore, you've been chosen. You've been called. And and, and that's the thing. We've all been called because we're a part of the church. We're a part of being called to the kingdom mission, which is to spread the gospel in whatever way that looks like with what God has given you and placed in your hands. And so whether you realize it or not, you are called. The church has a calling on its life and it's to proclaim the good news of Jesus, be the light of Jesus Christ wherever we go, especially as this world grows darker and dimmer, people will recognize that light. 
It's like, okay, God, I've been called to be the light of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. So every day I want to be able to live that out. And Lord, help me to live that out every single day. And I've got, there's actually two uh, verses I wanted to cover. So Ephesians uh, chapter two, verse 10 tells us, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Mm. And I love that because we look at the landscape of our life and mm -hmm. we go, can you believe I stumbled into that like interaction with yeah. that person? And we go, oh wait, no, God mm -hmm. has laid out all of these opportunities, yeah. all of these chances for us to do the good work. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that as well is I don't have to specifically walk down this perfect pathway. Mm -hmm. It tells me that I can go left or I can go right. And in each of those scenarios, God has provided this opportunity for mm -hmm. me to do the good works that he's provided, that he's set for me to do. He's giving me opportunities to do good in the world and to impact people in amazing ways. And I, that contrasts with um, Luke chapter 7, verse 30, which says, but the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves wow. because they had not been baptized by John. Mm. They had all the potential in the world, but because they rejected the baptism of John, mm. because they rejected that Holy Ghost experience mm -hmm. and everything that would be living inside of them as people that have been washed clean, they couldn't see what they were expected to do. Mm -hmm. They couldn't see the way that God wanted them to use their talents and abilities. Mm -hmm. And so for us, I think it's important that we have to not only like consecrate ourselves every yeah. single day, Yes, we have to start every day and end every day with prayer and, and just being anointed and mm -hmm. living in righteousness, but also just being willing to pray about some of the little things mm -hmm. in those moments, whether it be like, Hey, which coffee shop do I go to today? Hmm. Which, yeah. where do I take my lunch today? Mm -hmm. uh, what park bench do I sit on to uh, during my my fifteen minute break mm -hmm. from work? All of those things can impact somebody's eternity, yeah. and I think when we begin to view our life through the through the prism of God is preparing every moment for me mm -hmm. in such a way that I can be transforming someone's life every moment of every day. Yeah. I can interact with 15 people in a day and it can be an experience that mm -hmm. changes them forever. Mm -hmm. And we may just pass it off because we don't realize what has just occurred yes. in that moment. We can view those things and we are led by his spirit yeah. and we are consecrated mm -hmm. by his blood and, and washed clean. Like we can think clearly, we can see clearly and understand that God is working all of these things. And I, like, I just think what you were saying, we have to pray constantly for God to just open our eyes. Yes. Yeah. And if we're not walking in the Holy Ghost, if we're not interacting mm -hmm. with his spirit in that way, in an intimate relational way, every single day, we're going to miss out on a bunch of those yeah. opportunities. Yeah. It's, it's so, so true. I think there's so many things that we miss out on that we don't even realize because maybe we're constantly preparing for Sunday. Yeah. Instead of just living daily in the mission that God has called us to. I always say, and what I've learned as I've gotten older, some of the best ministers are those who we don't know their names. <laughs> they don't hold ministry license. They're just where they are, serving and making a difference in the kingdom of God. That And, and sometimes like we look at, okay, what is God calling me to today? There are giftings God's placed in you. There are people that God wants you to intercede for. 
you know, even in prayer, we can be guided and led in prayer and prayer is so that we grow closer to God. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be communicating with God, just like any relationship growing in him so that we understand what he's calling us to Yeah, and just growing and, and coming to know God better. Like that's what a big part of prayer is. And then through that, as we get to know God better, he reveals his heartbeat and leads us to people to pray for, intercede for. That's part of our calling as the church too, that we are chosen to, to link up alongside one another and pray and intercede for one another and grow the church together. It's about coming alongside my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and say, we're doing this together. We're called together to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And I don't want, and if I don't want to leave anyone behind. Right. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think we even need to be praying about like, God, what new hobby would you like for me to take mm. up? I love that. I love the I idea love of being like, oh, hey, I just got into, um, and obviously like sneaker culture is huge, it right? Is. Yeah. Streetwear is huge. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of people that may not have any other place to, to reach God or have a relationship. Mm. The fact that you could pray and God says, Hey, I want you to be a part of this, to take up this hobby, to do this mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. thing that you've never done before, because there's an entire group of people that have never been reached by the word of God. Like, yeah, so good. I think we think that like the only people that haven't heard about God mm-hmm. are the people that are living in remote tribes across mm-hmm. the world. And mm-hmm. in reality, the, the biblical literacy of people like, yeah, People don't even know the name of Jesus anymore. Mm-hmm. We're past the generation where parents and grandparents had taken children on holidays yeah. to to churches. Like the world is becoming more of a mission field the mm-hmm. longer that we exist, the longer that mm-hmm. we're here on earth. It becomes more and more a group of people that have never heard his name, that don't know the experience. And so for us to just even take take a look at our life every yeah. month or every year and go, God, what new hobby do you want me to take up? What What do you mm-hmm. want me to be doing in my free time that's still refreshing for me, that's yes. still renewing for me, but that gives me a chance to connect with people that have never heard his name or mm-hmm. never come to know him? I'm like, what does the potential look like? Like, where, how far could we go with this? What, so what new good. avenues, yeah. what new places is he going to take us to mm-hmm. when we're just willing to be like, all right, I guess a new hobby's in line. Like... I actually love, so I love the fact that we're, we're both writers, mm-hmm. you books, I do curriculum yep. and, and youth and hyphen resources and stuff. Is it a little, it's a little weird because I think we write and then you kind of send things into the ether, right? Yeah. <laughs> you write and you go, all right, whoever picks this up, whoever yeah. reads this, like good luck kind of deal, <laughs> right? It feels a little yeah. disjointed. Is it? Totally. It, when you compare it to like your literal, physical, mm. weekly ministry, mm-hmm. um, does it ever get, because for me, mm-hmm. and this is, it gets a little um, discouraging at times. Oh my gosh, yes. When you write something yeah. and you're like, I've been so involved in youth ministry mm-hmm. or hyphen ministry, and I see the I see the changes on a weekly basis or a daily basis, mm-hmm. and then I'm writing this thing and I never get to see it yeah. beyond it leaving my yeah. desk or my email or... It's so true. And yeah, because you don't know what difference this is making. You know, yeah. you just, you, you responded to God's obedience. And that was something for me. I, I have a devotional that I've written as well. And when I wrote that, God was leading me to that. And 
even though part of me didn't even want to do it because <laughs> devotional <laughs> for some reason for me is a lot harder hard. to write than fiction. Sure. My, my um, previous pastor had said, he said, well, it's because in fiction you can hide behind the metaphors. Okay. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I have to, you know, whereas like when I'm writing devotional, if I'm sharing personal testimonies, yes. you have to be raw and real with people in, in making a difference. And God had led me to share some of my testimony. And through all of that, God was just in the process. But then I wrote the book. It's been almost four years since I've published it. And what's beautiful about the kingdom of God is throughout your life, he'll give these little moments and he doesn't have to that say, Hey, that, that did make a difference. I love that so much it's so because he does awesome. not have to, but he does all the time. He doesn't have to. He validates he, us he all does. the time. He does just like any relationship where someone validates you and they don't have to, but they do it because they love you yep. and they want to encourage you. And God does that. And I remember being at a conference and actually, um, Victoria Reyes, who will be, will be interviewing on the podcast. She's also on the team with us. We are talking about something. And I was in a conversation with people and she mentioned my devotional and she said, Jen, that thing is, it is just, I have read it so many times. Like the pages are worn on it. <laughs> and I just had this moment where I said, Oh my gosh, like this did make a difference. And then someone else had something, had said something to me about it as well. And I just needed that moment because God didn't have to do it. But he said, I want to remind you that what you are doing is for the one. Yes. I literally was just thinking that in my head. Everything that we do is for the Everything one. Everything we're doing, you know, and I've been blessed to be able to have several people come up to me and say, hey, I just want to let you know what your devotional did for me. And that was such a blessing, you know, to be able to hear that. And I had, but I had to remind myself, hey, it's for the one. Yeah. That's how Jesus did his ministry. He went to the cross, even if it was just for the one, mm -hmm. you know, we're not the ones who are called to save people. God is the one who saves. We're called though, to introduce people to their savior. And we can do that through so many different avenues, through so many different avenues. It's not just in a church function, but it's through the giftings God has placed upon you. Yes. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, when you get that revelation, that's so powerful. And you know, I'm sure we have listeners out there. You have untapped potential. You have giftings and burdens and things that God has placed inside of you that maybe no one even knows about. But I would encourage you today, go to your young adult leader, go to your pastor and share that vision, share those giftings God has placed inside of you. Get someone who can come alongside you and help mentor you and, and help lead you and, and just really allow you to operate in those, in those giftings, you know, sometimes we just need a little guiding hand. We just need someone to come along and say, Hey, yes, do this. If you don't know how to use them in that yeah. moment, like, cause again, we all have gifts and we're going, Oh man, like, how do I, how do I express this thing? Like, I think there are plenty, we've met plenty of writers mm, yeah. They go, how do I express this thing in a way that's meaningful to the church or right. even artists? I know people that yes. paint and they go, how do I express this yep. thing for, for God and yeah. in a, in an evangelistic way? How do I reach people with this? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need some other people thinking around that mm -hmm. and they may have, God may have given them the answer for you as well. Like you just need yes, to connect with yeah. mentors and yeah. friends and people mm -hmm. that are as invested in Jesus as you mm -hmm. are, because there's no telling you. They may give you that perfect and be like, wow, I, I didn't think about YouTube. Wow. I didn't think yeah. about starting my own podcast. Wow. Yes. I didn't think about starting this and this blog and sharing these things mm -hmm. on social media. Like 
there are so many potential ways. And sometimes I think we're, we limit ourselves. Yeah. We put ourselves in that box mm-hmm. and we say, yeah, I, I really enjoy this, but I don't see how it could ever help somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't see how it could ever inspire somebody. Mm-hmm. In reality, I think that's, that's just the enemy. That's just the devil yeah. trying to confuse us and be like, yeah, that's not going to benefit. When in reality, mm-hmm. there is a, there is a group of people that mm-hmm. is just waiting for that thing that you have to yes. share. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a sermon. It's not mm-hmm. a song. It's mm-hmm. something that is, like we said, it, it could be a poem that you've written. Yes, it could yeah. be, um, man, there's limitless potential mm-hmm. on what God has preparing for you yes. and your giftings. Yes. And I think if we think about it through the lens too of who it is that we serve, God is a creator. He's a creator and he's so creative. There's evidence of that all around us. Mm-hmm. You travel this world, you get the opportunities to just walk outside and see how many beautiful creations are all around us. I mean, I've had so many times where I've just been out hiking and and am just in awe and start tearing up at this creation. And then I realize, wait a second, you know what's so beautiful? God gave us free will and the ability to create with him. Yeah. To point people to the creator. That's part of the giftings that God has given us. And it may look like many different ways. Like you may not think, oh, I'm creative or I can't paint, I can't write. Okay, but there are so many other possibilities and avenues. There's a reason for the hobbies and the things he's placed inside of you to be able to give that to God and glorify the creator through whatever it is that you do. Even, I mean, some things like that are more scientific, that's creative too. It is. (laughs) You know, yeah, that's still creative. And what a beautiful thing that we get to create with God. And it's such a small little bit that points to his ultimate creativity and who he is. At the onset of creation, he literally says, here's Adam. He needs a job. I could name the animals, but But you know what? You can do it. You can name the animals. It's so cool. And I listen, I'm, I, uh, God probably has a very good sense of humor. And I bet there were some times where Adam was like, I'm going to name, and he yeah. named it something. Yeah. And God was like, oh, that's not what I would have like, done. He's uh, like, yeah, we're not going to. But, but I gave him, I gave him that role. I gave him that job. <laughs> and so I think, I think God has done that for us mm-hmm. where there's certainly some things where like, I oh, man, I don't really see mm-hmm. an avenue for me to use this gift. Yeah. And God's just like, just start creating, just start doing it. Yeah. I mean, from the onset of creation, he set this precedent for what, for the power of the spoken word. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we can create things just by speaking them into existence. We can create emotions within Mm. people just by having a conversation that empowers them or uplifts them. Like Mm -hmm. this is so much bigger. This is so much bigger than a pulpit ministry. This is so much bigger than a, a church ministry. Mm -hmm. This goes well beyond. This is what we're trying to explain Mm -hmm. to all of these listeners and through hyphen ministry Mm -hmm. as a ministry, as a whole, that we want everything that we do here within the church to inform everything else that we do outside of the four walls of the church and be impactful in every aspect of our lives Mm -hmm. without reservation. Yes. Without reservation that we don't want to hold back what God wants to do. And this is, and I'm just thinking about it right now. Yes, we are, we can be called to things like say like missions, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you have a calling of missions upon your life. 
you have a calling for pastoral ministry, you know, and because we read in scripture, yes, there are callings for that, you know, the teachers and, and the preachers and, you know, the evangelists, like that is callings. But within that as well, that isn't just the ultimate calling. And that's what we wanted to communicate today is it's not just, okay, I'm called to this one thing, right? but every day I'm called to different things that are functioning under that ministry that God has placed me in mm-hmm. and given me a burden for. And it's going to be unique to those who are around me. And I think this is why it's so important not to pursue what other people are doing in the ministry, but to pursue Jesus. Keep pursuing Jesus. Because if you pursue what other people are doing, you, you can potentially pursue someone else's calling and could completely miss out about what Jesus has called you to do. And I think this is something that we're talking about today is we're not called to a position or to a department, but we are called to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And that is what I want to live my life every single day to say, God, I'm here to obey you. Amen. And I will keep walking in that. And it's today, today I will obey what God has called me into and not the years ahead, But today, and in that, I hope that in the years ahead, I will still be walking in that calling, still be walking in what Jesus has called me to. So I think that kind of wraps up today. And hopefully for everyone who's listening, you have a better idea of what calling is. But in the days ahead, we're going to continually talk about this and be able to interview other people who have stepped into that in many different avenues and con- and continually just encourage someone. That That is what we're here to do is help encourage, but also provide resources for you that allow you to walk into the calling that God has placed upon your life. So to close this out, um, Evan, would you just lead us in a time of prayer and pray over those who are listening today? Lord, we thank you for this incredible opportunity to come before you to grow and learn together from maybe hundreds or thousands of miles away, Jesus, to understand that we are a called and chosen generation, Jesus, that we have a purpose far beyond what others have defined for us, what we've been told that we're capable of doing, what we're what we're able to do. Jesus, we understand that through you, through your Holy Ghost, through your name, God, you are calling us beyond what these earthly realms are telling us are possible, Jesus. I pray that you would move upon us, move upon every listener, Jesus, that you would begin to show them, open their eyes right now, God, to incredible ministry opportunities, Jesus, where they can be a life-changing force, Lord God, for people that do not know you, that have never met you, that have never experienced you, God. Let them begin to see their life as little opportunities, little moments, God, that can all be taken to change the lives of every person that they interact with and that they could change the life of a hundred people in a single day if it be your will, Jesus. I pray that you would direct them. I pray that you would bless them in their careers, bless them in their hobbies, bless them in their callings, Jesus, and that you would bring clarity, God, not confusion. Remove all confusion, all chaos from these things, Lord God, but bring unity, Lord God, bring focus. Jesus, I pray in your precious name. Amen.